This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Chanel Bunger with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and today I'm excited to speak with Paige Twinter, the assistant editor at Becker's Hospital Review, who keeps us updated regularly on healthcare trends she's keeping an eye on. Paige, thank you so much for joining me today. Why don't you take it away and tell us about some of the things that you're seeing out there? Yeah, thanks, Chanel. I have uh, about two to three things that I'd love to kind of chat about. So two are related to drug shortages, and then the last one is uh, just something that I think it's pretty amazing at the Intermountain Hospital that I got the chance to speak with the chief quality and safety officer there about. So I'll start with the drug shortages first. So heading back to 2021, the FDA publishes guidance on nitrosamine kind of quality measures and nitrosamine is a possible carcinogen. So in the guidance, it kind of recommends that drug manufacturing facilities kind of implement these measures and best practices by October 2023. So this is resulting in drug makers being more conservative with recalls. So, you know, they're, they're calling more recalls. Uh, they don't want to run the risk of a potential exposure or adverse event risk. So uh, there's kind of three drugs to watch uh, that could be affected uh, in the short-term future. So that's ketamine, Atimidate and midazolam. So those are three anesthetics that are used before surgeries. It's pretty short-term uses, but uh, hospital leaders are kind of recommended to avoid excess doses, uh, to prep alternatives um, in case of a shortage. They probably already have um, stockpiles of these drugs, but in the short term, they might need to be a bit more conservative with their uses on those. The second one I'd pull people's attention to is uh, just an ongoing shortage of BCG. So that's a vaccine that has been approved against tuberculosis, but it's also popularly used among um, patients with bladder cancer. So of the about 8,000 people with bladder cancer, uh, a good portion of them are not uh, is not getting adequate care because of this you know, years-long shortage of BCG. So uh, in the meantime, Merck, uh, it's the main maker of the drug. It's trying and uh, planning on building more manufacturing and operating facilities, but those might not be constructed and operational and ready to go until early 2025. So in the meantime, uh, there's lobbying and a lot of kind of policy advocates um, kind of gunning for a short-term import, uh, which the FDA has allowed before for, you know, similar shortages. Just a few weeks ago, the agency allowed the importation of a asthma drug that's been in shortage for a while uh, to be imported from a France-based drug maker. So just keeping note on uh, potential kind of supply flexes on that vaccine. So those are the two main kind of shortage news I would kind of point hospital pharmacy leaders direction to. And my last one that I think is just really fascinating is Dr. Heidi Wald at Intermountain 
spoke with her recently about um, kind of this great effort, one of Intermountain's hospitals in Colorado. So they reduced the prevalence of CLAS disease by 46%. And they also increased the compliance with, you know, system-wide best practices from 25% to 75% in just five months. So, you know, it was through three different, you know, key factors or um, key strategies. So one, they implemented a playbook uh, for passenger maintenance. Second, they kind of improved their central reporting process. And third, which I found most interesting was they kind of launched or deployed an adaptive module that takes note of confident mistakes. So instead of just, you know, kind of running through scenarios of questions of, you know, and asking clinicians to choose A, B, C, D, or E for what the diagnosis might be, it asks each individual how confident they are with each question they're answering. So if, you know, they're incorrect, but answer that they're, you know, not too confident, that's not much of a problem. But if they're constantly, you know, confident with their false answers, the uh, module will take note of that and kind of probe more similar questions to see if they can kind of get unstuck from that mindset. So it was just really interesting. It can also kind of launch like a heat map of, you know, in case like the medical surgical team is iffy on inserting a catheter or uh, new hires might consistently fail at another subset of questions. So Intermountain has already kind of launched um, this module and with the other two, the playbook and the uh, central reporting process at eight of its hospitals kind of in the Peaks Mountain region. And then it is kind of planning on rolling it out at other hospitals. So I just think it's a really interesting um, quality and safety initiative at one of the nation's leading health systems. Perfect. Well, thank you as always for keeping us updated on all these important trends and for joining me today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Chanel. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm-hmm.